Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and beer makes everything better. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys. And this week we are reading The Alienist by Caleb Carr, which is a mystery novel. And so we're starting with the first beer here. It's one that Nate brought. It's called Mysterium by Duclaw, which is a refreshing ale spiced with cardamom and chamomile. <laughs> Yeah, so also anyway. loosely based on the Sarah McLachlan song, Building a Mystery. <laughs> this building a mysterium. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, not Ooh. that deep of a connection, but you know, the book is definitely a mystery. So oh, your mom said. Don't worry. We have another seven <laughs> beers yeah, to make those connections. We definitely do. You could that you could taste those spices. That has a sort of uh, tea like taste almost to it in those things. Uh, interesting. Yeah. For it's sure. It's interesting. Anyway. It's a low A B V, right? Yeah, 5%. Five percent. This is like the weakest thing we've had all night. This is our first episode recording of the night, for the yeah. record. Definitely. The night. We don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't double up. No. Never. So The Alienist is a historical fiction novel by Caleb Carr, published in, I believe, 1994. That, definitely 1994. Which tells the story of a ragtag group of crime solvers. Led by the alienist, which is the apparently ancient term for psychologists, Chrysler. Chrysler? Chrysler. Right? Chrysler. Chrysler. Yeah. I, think this, I think the second vowel does the talking in German. Who the fuck knows? He's mm-hmm. Hungarian or some shit. But he's got a German name. Same shit. Is it Theodore Chrysler? Chrysler? Laszlo. Laszlo, you're right. The Theodore? I don't know what the fuck. There's another Theodore. There's a different Theodore. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. Uh-huh. So many Theodores. Fuck you, beers. <laughs> there's a different Theodore. Laszlo Chrysler, with his goddamn umlaut-ridden name. Laszlo Chrysler is a alienist, which uh, is the term for a psychologist in the day, who is the... He's not actually the protagonist he sort well, of well the story isn't told from his perspective it's like the origins of criminal profiling that's a that's yep. basically what the plot of the book is Just but in 1896 yeah half a century before they actually tried to do that before psychology was allowed well that's a big part of the book is that the psychology the alienists with quote fingers are um shunned and looked down on and it's it's bad press to be seen with them and the newspapers don't report what they do and no one likes science it's true. It's against God's word. Which, I wonder how historically accurate that part is. I wouldn't I be really totally surprised either way. That's fair. Because, but I feel like at this time, 1890s, like people were pretty science crazy. They were like predicting when eclipses were going to take place and shit like that. I mean, like discovering that, elements. Like it was pretty exciting from, time like, the for science. Of man. So those things were going on. But also, but like, at the fucking same time, Darwin's that, works were just being just had been published and been totally shit on by every by almost all of society. Who was a Bible thumper? Yeah. yeah, but that was most of society because they didn't have anything else to go on. You know, this definitely was an era of huge scientific, you know, discoveries, but that's like sort of a couple of scientists doing something. It's not necessarily the same as the rest of society accepting all of these, accepting science over religion. That's fair. It was, you know, we can look back today and say, oh, those were really amazing scientific discoveries. But at the time, most people were like, maybe, I'm not even sure, maybe, but maybe most people were like, meh. Probably, I would imagine, because the book has so much other historical shit in it that those were, that it's accurate, the, the this, uh, this reaction. This guy does seem like a super history nerd. I think he's That's trained kind of as a historian. Yeah. Like his, I think he's a degree in his history. His thing is New York history. I don't know if it's New York history. But I think it's, it's military a, history, actually. Yeah. Not that there's any shred of that in this book, but whatever. So, yeah, Caleb Carr wrote this book. And it takes place in 1896 in New York City and tells... The story of this group is they try to find a serial killer through what is essentially profiling. Yeah. Like, looking at the evidence and who could do such a thing and how can we find him and prevent him from doing it again. You know, I feel like Caleb Carr set out to write a book about chasing Jack the Ripper. Except Jack, Jack the Ripper was in London. So it's, it's so just, he, he set out to write a Sherlock Holmes story where Sherlock Holmes is writing is chasing Jack the Ripper, but it's not Sherlock Holmes because he couldn't do that. It's already done. And it's not Jack the Ripper because that's in London. They're both British. So instead it's New York and he created his own sort of like genius character who could discover things that which in the, in the, you know, in the form of the alienist and they're taking just invented his own serial killer. He does reference Jack the Ripper in the book. Several times. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's clearly what the author was thinking, but it's a, you know, a different serial killer. But unlike um, Sherlock Holmes, this guy actually has a method that you could conceivably follow along with he at home. He doesn't just like, 
pull shit out of his ass. Well, yeah, that's totally how Sherlock Holmes Through works. Through deduction. The science of deduction. No. And knowing the 57 types of cigar ash, or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> anyway, that was bullshit. Yeah, so Laszlo Chrysler, or whatever, uses the new science of psychology to try to figure out the profile of the killer. He's, Who would do these things? Right. What, what happened to him as a young person, as a child, to form this adult that is now a murderer? And that's what he did. Speaking of which, what would happen to us if we had another beer? Well, if he murdered one of these beers? Um, nothing yet. We have, uh, we have seven more to drink, so hopefully we'll live through them. Do you have a pick, preference? Pick one. Nope. Juice. Juice. Boom. Jimmy, Damn. you brought this. Did I? What is it? Beer. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is Pipeworks Brewing Company collaborating with Longman and Eagle, which is a... Uh, Longman's my porn name. And it's... Um, Called Brown and Stirred. It's beer with the ingredients of a Manhattan cocktail. So what is a Manhattan, by the way? I've never had one. I honestly do not know. Apparently, according to this thing, it's uh, bitters and something else. (laughs) And beer. And uh, cherries, it lists on the thing. Cherries and and bitters. It's a pretty strong beverage. It's 10.5% alcohol. Well, it is a cocktail. Not the strongest thing we've had on this show, but, you know, pretty good. I do not know what this entails in general. I'm looking it up right now because I fucking don't know. I'm not a 90-year-old woman. Also, I liked that hype works because the whole uh, climax plays out at the in reservoir. the plumbing system. So mm, That is true. Oh. Spoiler. They catch the guy. A Manhattan is a cocktail made with whiskey, sweet vermouth, and bitters. I'm going to admit, uh, I don't know what sweet vermouth is, really. I mean, I just Vermouth is a liqueur. But what kind of liqueur? It's vermouth. It just is what it is. That's not an answer. Just fucking accept it. Okay, according to the... Beyond and end all of the internet, Wikipedia, it is an aromatized, fortified wine flavored with various botanicals. So it's some sort of like brandy kind of thing. flowery shit. All right. What do you think of this? Cheers, gentlemen. Smells nice. Interesting. Honestly, it doesn't really taste like much. I get cherry in there. Yeah. I don't get the bitters. I'm not really sure what it tastes like. I I I mean... I think it'd be more bitter than this, though. I don't don't know if that's exactly what you mean by bitters. Bitters are those that shit they rubber on the edge of your glass, yeah? So you think you would be able to taste something? We didn't rub any bitters on your glass. It's in the beer, right? But the bitters are on the top, so you can like know. But yeah, I'm making this all up. Right? Okay. I, I get, I get some of the ingredients. This, if you had put on the label, and by you, I mean whoever made this beer, Pine barley works. wine ale. I'm like, oh, that's a barley wine. Okay, cool. Yeah, similar. I like that they have this crazy idea, and there's like a paragraph of writing describing it on the bottle that I'm not going to read right now because I just read this other stupid book. <laughs> But I guess I guess I'm just not the right person for this because I've never had a Manhattan in my life. I've never either. I drink a lot of. Drink a lot. Period. Yeah, sir. Of of the three of us, you drink the most hard liquor by a fucking country mile. Yeah, but it's all just you know, under the bar whiskey, so that doesn't really count. Under the bar whiskey, nice. Cheapest one. Below the well. Yeah, I mean, well whiskey is below the bar. Can you drill a hole below the well and get me that whiskey? Just give me the saddest one you have. Give me that one that that guy just poured out. I'll take that whiskey. You just have him spit into my mouth. <laughs> you don't drink hard liquor, do you, Nate? Uh, not if I can avoid it. <laughs> All right. I, I just smell it and I want to throw I up. I do. Yeah, you, 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 for a small feller, you drink like, uh, you have something to prove. I had six double whiskeys for uh, New Year's this year. You had ten at my wedding. Did I? Yeah. I, I know I had ten singles at your wedding. Oh. Not ten doubles. I'd be dead if I had ten doubles. Sorry. Excuse that would me. Be Twenty whiskeys. All right. Well, I, I lost some respect for you just now. I mean, you had two and blacked out, so and threw up on anybody who was within a city block of me, or whoever was underneath that train. Hopefully, no one's <laughs> underneath that train. Well, they're dead. <laughs> I threw up on a dead hobo underneath the train. Yeah, hard liquor, not my scene. Definitely, uh, in the time I've known Nate, just quite a while now, not known him to drink hard liquor. Nope. And uh, you've had enough for the three of us, Jimmy. I do what I can. So, you picked this because it takes place in... Manhattan. Which, at the time the book takes place, was actually the entirety of New York City. Mm. That's true. It was before the consolidation of 1898. Which they reference very briefly in the book. With Mayor Strong and trying to consolidate all the boroughs, uh, at least Brooklyn and Queens, to make, you know, incorporated New York City. Which, as a Queens resident, I guess I'm grateful for... Well, until then, Brooklyn was like the second biggest city in America. No, it was the biggest city in America. Brooklyn was even bigger than yep. Manhattan? Yep. Population-wise, population population. population. Fuck Manhattan. Well, once the Brooklyn Bridge was built, 
the two sides were which is where even the first, more connected than the, the first book. murder takes place in this book. Nope, that was the uh, uh, Williamsburg Bridge. Same thing. Is that the Kosciuszko Bridge or whatever? Kosciusko? What's, that, what's that bridge? That's not the same thing at all. Isn't that Brooklyn? It's, it's, it's the, no, that or is that the Brooklyn Queens one? You're thinking of the Brooklyn Queens Bridge? No, there's like a bridge that I drew. That is, that's no, the Kosciuszko. Yeah. Okay, the one I get from Queens to Brooklyn, yeah, that's, that's the Kosciuszko? Yeah, that's not involved in the story at all. Oh, all right, fuck it, fine now. It's Queens that is not even mentioned in the story. Yeah, I know, From, it's insulting. Like, Delancey. No, nah, dude, they're building the Brooklyn Bridge in this thing. They're talking about the caissons and but all that the, shit. That was 1888. Yeah, and it hasn't happened we, yet. No, 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 they, they the finished book, it takes the place Brooklyn Bridge in 1888. The Brooklyn Bridge was up yeah, they, and they running. Found, they found the first body. It was actually on not on the Brooklyn Bridge. It was on the Williamsburg Bridge. Was it? Yeah. Mm, yeah. All right, I believe you. They're all the same to me. Fuck Brooklyn. Queens! Yeah, he did it, Brooklyn. With your hip places... Fucking and artisanal muffin shops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking farm-to-table jam. Jam emporiums. <laughs> all, all of your forms of jam. <laughs> so the book follows... Uh, the, I mean, the narrator is not the alienist. The alienist is Chrysler. But the narrator is John Schuyler? Schuyler? Schuyler. Is that how you say that? Oh, did you watch Hamilton? Fuck that shit. That's I did how not. They say it now. That's that thing. Oh, no, okay. no, but, that, but there was a Confederate general. Oh, no, I'm a Civil War general. It was uh, Schuyler, and he has a Schuylerville up in upstate New York. I believe you. I, re- I didn't look it up at all. but I, re- I, ass- I assume he pronounces it the same way. That's right. So John Schuyler Moore is a journalist for the New York Times. I forget what he actually does there, but... It's I think it's his crime really told. I think he's a crime beat. I mean, yeah, for this yeah. book, it seems he goes like a full year or two without what, ever what, writing what, a story. Working for the Times was sweet back then. Actually, it was kind of like today, as being an internet journalist... He was just waiting to break a story about some Russian pissing dossier and, <laughs> and nothing else. Um, so he narrates it. He is the, the, the dude that knows all the other people. He knows Teddy Roosevelt. He knows La, uh, Laszlo Chrysler from when they went to ha- Harvard together. And he is our, our lens into this story mm-hmm. as they track a serial killer. Uh, so the book starts... Well, actually, it starts with Teddy Roosevelt's funeral, but then they go back in time. That's a different issue. They go back in time, eight to back to 1896, or it's a flashback to 1896. Uh, the, uh, John Schuyler Moore's wakened in the middle of the night, saying, you have to come now. There's a thing you have to see. And, of course, the guy's like, well, what? I don't want to do this. But anyway, goes to the top of a bridge to discover a, like, horrible crime scene with a mutilated corpse. And that clearly shows <clears throat> the fact that this is like a... You know, a young teenage boy has been mutilated in this terrible way. Clearly, the city is dealing with a terrible serial killer. But Teddy Roosevelt, at this time, was, this was before he was president. This was before he was assistant secretary of the Navy. He was, this is when he was. Before he was vice president? Before he was vice president. This is, this is when he was police, New York City police commissioner. And, and Teddy Roosevelt is, you know, on this, you know, uh, anti-corruption thing where he's trying to deal with the corruption in New York City. Obviously, there was a lot at the time. So Teddy Roosevelt is there also at the crime scene, and more or less, for a bunch of reasons, the main character, John Skyler Moore, and the alienist, and their and the secretary named Sarah Howard, they end up being the sort of like secret investigative team who's gonna try and figure out who the serial killer is, but they can't like officially do it because the police people who are actually on the police force will say, Why are you have why do you have that crazy guy and a woman Investigating well, psychology is not a real thing. Yeah, exactly. And psychology is not really an accepted form of you know investigation at the time in law enforcement investigation. So anyway, they have to like you know pretend they're not investigating while actually the only ones who have the hope of finding this guy. I mean, I was looking into the my, my very cursory historical survey that I kind of skimmed through the internet, and women were not in the police department at all, and that mm-hmm. is sour. Like Sarah was one of the first two. Well, there were two women. But she was hired as a secretary. Yeah, as a secretary. She got hired in the police department as a secretary. But there and were, that was a step. There were two women who are not, like, there are two real women, not in the book, like two historical figures who are unnamed historically, who were hired by the police department around this time. So she's, you know, one of them in the book. Mm. But two women, like their names aren't even recorded for posterity. It's, it's kind of tragic. Because who made all that coffee? You know, you want to give credit. <laughs> like they were not. The old yes, time that's days. That's important. It's important. Yeah. But like they're treated like they are. I mean, their secretaries like in picture your worst madman scenario, where they're like times twelve. Yeah, like you know, With take courses. it back three generations. But of course, she's super smart and a fucking badass, mm-hmm. and she shoots motherfuckers. 
It carries a gun in the dick. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I can't think of a good segue, but we should open another beer. Oh, yeah. Let's go back to Speaking of the murder, this is Boy Fucker Ale. Our next beer is one I brought. This is Founders Dirty Bastard. I'm pouring this little tiny baby cup. Tiny baby cup. I might have permanently borrowed this from a brewery. Still, they were like, oh, yeah, just bring your cups over when you're done. I brought one to my house. <laughs> I will not say which brewery they are in case they ever decide to sponsor us. Because they're actually kind of close. Narrow it down much? There's like a dozen breweries. Actually, in Brooklyn and Queens alone, there's like 20 breweries. Yeah. I know. All right. So, Dirty Bastard. It's a Scotch Ale. I think it's about 8%, 8.5%. Eight and, and, and what's a full egg in it? What is a Scotch Ale? <laughs> Scotch Ale's another one of those. Yeah, it's got a full egg in it. There's a little story on here. So good, it's almost wrong. Just like some of the stuff that happens in The Alienist. Uh, dark ruby in color and brewed with seven varieties of imported malts. Ooh. Ooh Complex and finished. With hints of smoke and peat. Paired with, with a, <laughs> paired with multi richness and a right hook. A right hook of hot... Oh, I see. Like boxing. A right hook of hot power to give it the bad attitude that a beer named Dirty Bastard has to love to. Ain't for the wee lads. And Scotch Ale's uh, a style that's... Stronger beers tend to be super malt forward, almost no hop character, sweet, cloying almost in its its sweetness and, and syrupiness. You don't see too many. There aren't many Scotch ales. It's not like it, just, it doesn't know what hops birthed it. It's not like a Scotch bastard well, or a dirty bastard. This particular one. Well, actually, it'd be more of which malt, which malt birthed it. I don't know. Beer words. Well, there's like no hop flavor here. It's super, super malty. Yeah. So it only tastes like the sugary, caramelly flavors. Scotch ale is one of those genres of beer that's a little more delicate than the average beer drinker can appreciate. So they're just, you know, like, you know, like you could say, oh, that's a fucking hoppy beer. Or that's a fucking strong beer. Or that's a really dark beer. This is, I mean, it looks like a lot of different kind of beers you might see. It's a very dark amber color, ruby reddish kind of color. It's got a nice multi smell. And if you look at it, it could be, it could be sort of a barley wine kind of beer. It could be a really heavy duty amber ale. It could be a scotch ale. It could be several other things that requires probably a more discerning palate and therefore makes it less popular, you know? Why have something that, like, you have to kind of think about to drink when there's something that you'd be like, crush it! I'm going to crush this beer, bro! Like, that's a thing I've, I've seen lately. Like, you're like, this beer is crushable. When I read beer is that, reviews. Is that an uh, adjective people use? Yeah, like, meaning you could drink a shit ton of these beers in a, in a sitting. Okay. It's crushable. It sounds like a fucking frat bro thing to say. It is 100% mm. that. Let's go crush this beer and some puss. Crushing this post. <laughs> yeah. Pledge. That's what, it, that's what it sounds like to me. So Scotch Ale's a style you don't see much. This one's really quite nice. I wish it were a little sweeter. I don't know. Is that crazy? I don't think it to be sweeter. I don't like the finish. Mm-hmm. The finish is a little bitter. Maybe that's what I don't like. And the smell is kind of like, there's not much to it. It's, it's beery and bready. Smells like beer. And maybe it's just, I'm just not that good at smelling things. I can't, smell. Entirely I can't smell shit. Oh, well, you could smell shit. Like when it's in your it pants, depends. you fucking... Holy shit, dude. What's What happened in your pants? Like, I mean, yeah, then, certainly. So the alienist. And John Moore and Sarah Howard and a bunch of other ridiculous characters. The Isaacsons. The, the brothers. The brothers Isaacson. Mm-hmm. Lucius and Marcus? Are their names? I think so, yeah. There's two detectives. Carr is... Like, Clearly a historian by training, like he's, or he's done a shit ton of research and he's looked into, amongst other things, the hiring practices and the behaviors of Roosevelt's police force. So when you picture your like 1800s police force, you're thinking of like the Irish beat cop walking around a billy club, just wrapping people in the fucking head and shit with that. He's got these two Jewish characters and it's like explained then in another page later, oh, well, Roosevelt actually... And it's actually kind of vaguely racist, right? He called them like Maccabean warriors or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it's like it's like cool, but also not cool. It's not so great. So like, you know how great those detectives, those Jews are. <laughs> naming them after some Old Testament warriors is not the best. They're they great at math, and science, and Jew magic. <laughs> Jew magic. That's what he's kind of implying that they're good at. <laughs> the Jew magic. Jesus Christ. Wow. No. So he's got them. He's got a whole bunch of other, like, weird characters. Like, they're, everyone's, like, kind of... They're, they're like the bad news bears of cops. <laughs> of profiling. Yeah. Like, Criminal Minds, 1896 edition. 
Yeah, well, that that's the book. That is the whole book. Yeah. That's the book. Mm-hmm. I found it stupid. That sense, that part of it, the, the criminal profiling part. Yeah, because <clears throat> it's such a it's such a new idea that they're kind of inventing here, even though it's mm-hmm. like forty years before the first profiling ever took place. I mean, they, place. Like, they like just had the Netflix series come out about the first profilers, and it takes place in the late sixties or seventies or something. I don't remember. The first profiling case was with that guy who was bombing like Con Edison places in New York City. Mm-hmm. And there's a great Malcolm Gladwell article about this. Don't listen to his podcast. Listen to ours. Malcolm Gladwell has an article about it from one of his like early collections, like what the dog saw or something like that's in there. About the first profiler who exaggerated, you know, said, Oh, the guy I read that he this guy was blowing up Con Edison places in the forties or something like that. And he's leaving these taunting notes. And they give some FBI guy the letters. I'm like, can you tell us something about the guy? And then the the story from the of the profiler is, oh, he's, you know, an, a man of around this age. He did he worked for the company and was fired. He's from this part of Europe. And he's when you arrest him, he's gonna be wearing a three-piece suit. Because that's like an out at that time was an old-fashioned way of dressing. Like he can get all of that from the letters. And sure enough. They arrest the guy, and he hits every fucking mark, and he's wearing the suit. What a dick. But in real life, that was all added after the fact by that profiler when he wrote his autobiography to, like, self-aggrandize, to, you know, to make himself look so much cooler and more awesome. So he wasn't wearing the suit. It was probably all just fabricated. Who knows? I don't know what he was wearing. So the profiler made up stuff that he claimed he predicted that he actually didn't predict. Yeah, which is amazing. So if, like, a, a different profiler read the first profiler's book, he should have profiled a guy who was full of shit. Mm. I'm, I'm kind of losing some details, I'm sure, in terms because I read this article years ago. But the point of the Gladwell article was that like profilers don't actually nail it that often. No, when they nail it, it's, it's uh, big news. Like, holy shit, look what this guy fucking nailed. But there's like a hundred times where they vomit compared to each like time. All they, the uh, psychics and shit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just throwing darts at a board, you know, blindfolded, eventually hit something. His name begins with a P. Mm-hmm. He's only got one leg coming out of his face. <laughs> or yeah. they end up guessing very generic characteristics that could apply to almost anybody. Right. You know, so when they actually catch the person, well, yeah, they had the characteristics of, yeah, they were a white male between 15 and 70, you know. Between 4 foot and 8 foot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who was unhappy. You know, and they, liked sex with a thing. <laughs> with his whole wiener. <laughs> and so they just end up guessing such generic characteristics that they end up sort of looking right in the end, except that profile fits, you know, 85% of the population. Well, now we're talking about, like, cold reading. You know, like the people who, the fucking, was that criminal idiot, John Edwards, the psychic. So not the presidential candidate. No, he's, a, he's just a dirtbag. He's bag. a different one. idiot. He's just a degenerate who cheated on his dying wife, or divorced his dying wife, right? Cheated on her, yeah. Cheated on her. I thought he served her divorce papers. No. That was, was, was Newt Gingrich. Yeah. Oh, that was Newt Gingrich. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And he did that twice. Well, it worked once. Yeah. When she dies. <laughs> Chazah! <laughs> so, um, yeah, so John Edwards, allegedly, because um, I'm sure that motherfucker's litigious as shit. And he'll, of all things, find our podcast and see the yeah. pants off of us. Who the fuck has even heard anything from them in the last 10 years? Listen, maybe he's listening to us when he's working at that Denny's, and he's going to hear, he's going to be like, whoa, hey. If he was really psychic, he would know we're talking about well, it. Well, only if a dead person told him about it. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or dead relatives did. So he'd fucking walk into a room of people and be like, I'm getting a J. I'm getting a J. And like people, everybody who has any J in their family tree is like, oh, it could be me. And then he just kind of would feed off of what the other people were saying and doing and winnow it down. And, like, uh, and you look at a person like, oh, this guy's in his, is like middle-aged and has gray hair that's thinning and balding or whatever. I bet it's his father. Because statistically, mm-hmm. that guy's dad's probably dead. I'm getting like a male figure. And like, my father? I think it's, yeah, it's your father. Like, he'd, he'd like say something. science too? He'd say something really vague. And then yeah, the other person you volunteers you the down. fact. And then you confirm the thing that they told you that you didn't actually say in the first place. And so after the fact that a person's like, holy shit, he nailed everything. It's a long time ago, but Penn and Teller's Bullshit did a great episode on this. Cold reading? On cold reading, yeah. It's like season one of bullshit. It's really fucking... They would be the right people to do that. It's fucking awesome. It's fucking really funny. Because they have a cold reading guy just do shit. 
in, or a cold reading, I think it's a woman actually, but like a person doing this for a crowd of strangers. One guy, she just like abuses this dude. Just he's weeping, like, "Oh, we've got your mother here today," and this poor guy is like crying and, "Oh my God, I can't believe my mother's here again. I miss my mother so much." It's heartbreaking. And then afterwards, they like read the, a letter this guy wrote back to them, and he realized, like, "Yeah, I realized everything she said was super vague and made up, and like could have meant anything, could have meant anyone." And I see what happened. It's just awful. So, I mean, that's kind of how the, the like, Hollywood uh, profilers work. Or that's actually how real profilers work. Well, sure. And that Hollywood is sort of, like, latched onto that idea that a psychologist can, you know, based on some very vague clues, can zero in on a person's psyche and predict, you know, what type of crazy person would really do this. Well, that brings us to the next beer, because the truth of profiling is that it's a bunch of horseshit, probably. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jimmy brought this beer. It's Boulevard Brewing Company. It's called Dark Truth. And it's an Imperial Stout. And I think could be drunk, but I think this might be our first repeat beer. I think so, yeah. Really? I think we did this before. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy wasn't here, but I'm pretty sure we did. You fucked this up, Jimmy. I ruined no, it. No regrets. No, you have to drink it faster. <laughs> That's super malty. Like roasted, roasted beer cock. That's all that is. Is that what multi <laughs> means? So, that's what it means to me. <laughs> is that how you sum it up? That's what I'm summarizing it as. It's super multi. It smells like it was super roasted shit. I think we did it for the road. I'm going to check that right now. It could be mistaken, but I think that's what I bought for the road. Oh, suck my dick. I was right. And Dark Truth, yeah, there we go. The road. <laughs> and there's so many books with Dark Truths. That, that is true. He uses almost every time. That is a dark truth. Mm-hmm. As opposed to what Jimmy's been experienced most of tonight, which is a short truth. <laughs> That's science. Short truth. What do you think of it? It's fine. 9.7% alcohol. Oh, my. That's... Yeah, I'm going to get out of bed for that. Most of the beers we have left are stronger than that. Are they? Oh, my God. This is weaker, but I think everything else is stronger. <sighs> oh, my God. Well? Yeah, everything is stronger. Okay. We have more beers. Yeah. Oh, God. Do you guys like books? <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the many dark truths. Do you truths. booked often? So, go back to the book. The prof- they're profiling the thing. One of the problems I had with this, reading it, was how... I've read this twice. The first time I read it, I was like, I don't know, 20. I wasn't a very big reader then. We had it in my house, and I read it. Because my brother read it in high school. Like, his school assigned this book. It's Catholic school. It's Catholic high school. It's a weird book to assign. Well, there's a Catholic high school, and there's boy diddling, so I understand why they assigned it. They want them to be ready. Now, he says, listen, this is what happens if you don't listen to Father O'Reilly. You get your eyes cut out, and you you go to hell. So we had this book, and it wasn't like my brother was reading it. So I read it, and this is is an entertaining book. And that was at the time, like, I don't know about you guys, but I wasn't always a big reader. I mean, I was a big reader as, like, a child, and then kind of became a high school student and was more interested in my penis and video games for uh, uh, until right now. And then, you know, my reading in the interim was like, if I finished, if I managed to finish a book, it's like, that book is great because I finished it. Any other book I would have quit on along the way. Like I was some pussy like Nate and I was just giving up on the book. I finish audio every book I start. There's, it, I, there's, audiobooks, though. there's so many books. I'm like, yeah, I started that book. I hated it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that book. That book was bad. And you also agreed that would, that it was bad. I'm not saying this book was bad. I'm saying this I book is this not book great. Twice. This book was okay the second time through. I will finish an okay book. The thing that the second time through, I was like, this is really heavy handed. That's what I that's what I really felt when I reread it. Like this is so sim so over the top, punching you in the face with its boy fucking dick, just like right in the face. Like it's we, we have actually never mentioned the crimes in this book. So. Yeah, no. Oh, so yeah, it's not I, spoiler. I don't call every penis a boy fucking penis. Uh, so Literally boy the, the the murders in the book are teenage or prepubescent, really, mm-hmm. bo- immigrant boy hookers, you know, gay boy hookers who are murdered. I mean, that's, is that wrong? And cut apart. That's what it is. Yeah. And then they like dismembered. Well, not dismembered. They but, like, just cut chunks mutilated. off. Mutilated. Eyes chopped out is the big thing. He cuts his butt off. Yeah. That's the first guy only, though. Oh, right. That's okay. Then. Giorgio, or whatever his name is, gets his butt chopped off. Which, after years of getting other things done to his butt, mine wasn't a big change. Well, too soon? So, <laughs> too soon. Too soon, sorry. All right, I stand corrected. The murderer is killing child hookers. 
And there are some fucking graphic boy fucking scenes in this book. Mm-hmm. That when you, you're not really ready. Like, I don't understand why high school, high school assign this to their students. They're like, yeah, go read this book. So they wouldn't tell them the did, did they not read it? First? Chapter 19. Boy's going to get fucked in that one. And then you're reading it like, oh, God. That is not even subtle. It's just, and his, bo- his face was mashed against the wall. And a man grunted into the back of him, like, oh, that's, that's, that's what that is. Well, like, the dude makes, like, friends with a uh, 12-year-old boy prostitute. Oh, uh, Joseph? Yeah, something like Joseph that. was the, yeah. Because he was the friend of the, one of the dead ones from earlier in the book. Yeah. It was a very different New York City in 1896. A lot more boy whores. Clearly. I mean, that is one of the themes of the book, like, how different New York City was in 1896 than it is today. Not strictly in terms of its boy whoring ways, but that's symptomatic of it. That and Delmonico's. Fuck Delmonico's. So a bunch of times in the book, they go to Delmonico's to eat. This is like three or four scenes in the book. Our meals at Delmonico's. Exorbitant detail. Yeah. So Delmonico's is still a restaurant. It's in its like 18th ownership though. It's not the same. It's not Mm -hmm. quite the same Delmonico's from this book. Because the, uh, and there is a little history in the book, but I also, you know, Checked Wikipedia. But I think we can, Delmonico's goes back to like 1832 or something like that with some restaurant. That is a, a, apparently... It's one of the first restaurants in America in terms of like just like not being like a tavern that you show up and like, this is what we have tonight. Yeah. Fuck you. Exactly. It's one of the first like restaurants. Like, I will have this. Yeah. There's like, you could order off the menu and you can get your thing. So the Delmonico's in the book, at the time of the book takes place, there are like, I don't know how many of those different restaurants... And they go to one of them, and the scenes are just absurd because they're like Chrysler. They have like seven course meals. Yeah, and they tell you like the fucking recipe for each dish along the way. So there's like a whole bunch of fucking scenes where they go to Delmonico's to discuss things. They go to Delmonico's to do some strategizing, and then I was like, oh, and then Chrysler was expounding his theories on oh fuck me, expounding his theories on pubescent development. And they brought out the spiced terrapin soup. And this person's eyes watered with joy as they ate the soup. And then they were slurping it up and mopping it with a piece of bread. And then then I asked, uh, what about this theory of Sigmund Freud? And then they were bringing out the oysters Rockefeller. And it's just over and over again with these fucking stupid food scenes. As they just bring out these weird dishes that are... Were probably, there were a lot of weird dishes. They were probably fancy dishes in 1896. I'm sure he they just pulled out of his ass. They probably served them at Delmonico's. Yeah. Back in, but it's, a, it's just dumb. I don't understand. Like, what am I supposed to... Like, just like, we had a really great meal. I don't need a fucking cookbook. I need a chapter that's just... Here's a list of recipes at Delmonico's. I found those scenes really weird. They, they were overly detailed. They felt like the kind of shit that a fucking high school student writes. When they're like, your teacher's like, you need to add more details to your story. Like, make this five pages. Yeah. You need more words. And then we had the garlic bread that had a schmear of It was very, 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 very good. (laughs) It was not far from that. There's a whole bunch of... I mean, the whole book is riddled with historical crap, but a lot of it feels shoehorned in. Yeah. No, certainly. Like, and then we went over to this place, which had just opened in 1892 and was founded by blah, 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 who had, was the son of blah, blah, blah. Like, that kind of stuff happens a lot in the book. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of fucking dumb. And you know what else? What happens a lot here at Drunk Eyes Book Club? Oh, God. More beer. Here, I'm going to drink this one. What is that one? You brought it. I did. And you did, cocksucker. Is that Morticia? Yep. It's Morticia because they're morticians. That's all I got. I don't know anything about it. It's an imperial stout. Oh, from Barrier Brewing Company. They're in the Oceanside, New York. Uh, it has a whole bunch of story here, but it's a 10.1% alcohol uh, imperial stout. It's like fucking black. It's quite dark, yeah. Oh, my God. This beer is so dark. It would have its voting rights challenged in certain states. Like, only like half. Or it is of brutally dark. It smells like Fucking burnt coffee. Ooh! And I imagine it could have like a really dark no, no, coffee it's, smell. It's very dark. That's like roasted. That's, that is not my scene. That's a bit intense. Yeah. That's like, it's, that's the, that's as dark as you can get flavor wise. Oh, I actually have a beer darker, but we gotta find the right book for it. Heart of Darkness. I will show you. I will show you darkness. <laughs> not today, though. This is the darkest for today. This is fucking dark, man. Yeah. 
kind of intense. So, another way. What would you think of it, Nate? Well, it's fine. <laughs> it's juice. I drank that beer. That beer is in my belly. It's more beer. Can't it's feel fine. anything anymore. At this point, they're all beer. Yeah. What is the love? <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. <laughs> <laughs> so, another way that the author kind of shoehorns in historical references as much as he can is every historical figure that was alive and could possibly have been in New York City at this time makes an appearance in the book. At least one. Yeah. Sometimes multiple. I mean, there's, of course, Teddy Roosevelt, which the which he's in the book kind of, not really that much, but... He, he's, he's, he's a good very, He's a heavy presence in the book. <laughs> he, he's the boss of their little... He is the boss. He's field. in, like, at least four scenes, you know, but he's still not really a main character. It's really the main characters are more Chrysler... Chrysler. And, and the woman. What's Howard. Her name? Sarah, Sarah Howard, that's her name. They're really the main characters. And, and Teddy Roosevelt just sort of like makes a bunch of appearances, but then he also, they meet Jacob Reese, they meet Lincoln Steffens, they meet J.P. Morgan, they meet um, other famous Some, people. Some like locally like, famous people. Like like people famous they're people only famous sure. if you know this time period. You know, uh, Kelly, uh, the, the thug, he's a real person. Um, then Pomeroy, the uh, criminal that they meet in one scene from Boston. He's a real criminal. A uh, couple other, couple other people. Yeah, they meet all of these different characters. And you could, you could rest assured, basically, in the book, if it's not one of the main posse characters, it's probably, and it's not the murderer, mm-hmm. it's probably a real person. And there's a lot of people. And, and people who aren't even really that famous. Like, I, didn't, I had no fucking idea who Lincoln Stephens was. Lincoln Stephens. Exactly. Was I know who Jacob Reese was, yeah. the guy who... The photographer. Yeah, how the other half lives. And he he basically the, was the guy who like told everybody what tenements were. Yep. And in the book, they keep describing him as like this big burly Dane. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Steffens was a New York reporter who launched a series of articles in McClure's called Tweed Days. The St. Louis published together in a book titled The Shame of the Cities. He's remembered for investigating corruption in municipal government. Boss Tweed? No, Boss Tweed so, before him, right? Called Tweed Days in St. Louis. But Boss Tweed was in New York, and Boss Tweed was... Before, I mean, he was already gone by 1896. Yeah, Bush tweets like an 1850s, 1860s character, isn't he? Yeah. So but he was like a reporter for the days, uh, And it's not even the right city, so that's like not the same thing. I don't know why they're calling it Tweet Days in St. Louis. He just liked the sweaters. Must be it. If you go to the Wikipedia page on the book, there's a list of characters in it that are historical figures. But, like, it's, it's eat him like, up Jack McManus like, is a real guy who's like some it's like thug. historical fiction. It's all historical fiction. You know, like here's plus, a bunch of people. Plus boy fucking. Well, I think the sad reality is that that was part of New York's sordid well, past. Well, that, that was, but like this, this particular murderer. Yeah, that, that's not Maybe true. not a real dude. I mean, forget about the Times Square Jack Booths. <laughs> this is a very different uh, New York City in uh, the 1890s. Where the, like, the Parisis Hall, or whatever it was, that's where the, the club, the, 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 the boy warehouse mm-hmm. in like Midtown that... Um, Kelly Owens, it's just blatantly there because all the cops are corrupt. Just like four or five, just whorehouses for 12 year old boys. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's, if you think of like, uh, gangs of New York, mm-hmm. this is not, this is like a generation, well, generation and a half, generation or two later than that. So, it, but like the technology has improved, the building scale has improved, but the morality hasn't really caught up. Like New York is a pretty seedy it's a, place. Like tenements and mm-hmm. yeah, and, and especially around this time, the Ellis Island just opened up. Right? Ellis Island only opened up in the 1890s, so you have piles and piles of you know, blocks and blocks of immigrants coming in on a, a near daily basis and piling up in these disgusting tenements and stuff. And desperate people turning to all sorts of different means to support themselves. I, I don't think Carr made anything up, or he didn't make it worse than it actually was. Well, I mean, sure. he, he made up this particular serial killer. Yeah. But he did not make well, yeah, yeah, circumstances that that's were that's that's better than I said it. Yeah. They were all this is all shit that was really going on. Absolutely, I mean, New York sucked. The whole world sucked. every everywhere sucked. Right, like being poor historically has never been a good thing. That's still I mean, it's, it's, There's ugh. less boy horror now, but that's only not. that's only since Michael Jackson died and uh, Neverland is closed. That's true. <laughs> Speaking of boy horror, let's open this other beer. That's a weird segue. I don't know how that connects. So anyway, <laughs> this next beer is called. Crime passionel, which means crime of passion. Boy porn. So, you wrote this night. Uh, I don't really think we need to explain much, but... No, clearly, you know, because of some very crazy religious conviction, killing 
boy prostitutes is definitely a crime of passion. I mean, he's also like a fucking crazy serial killer. So, yeah, can we talk about that? Like, so, I mean, aside from the fact that like it's absurd that they even found the motherfucking guy, mm-hmm. like, totally improbable. Well, although it's not that improbable. Although it's been another person so, wait, so long. Another historical figure that is mentioned in the book is the real H. H. Holmes, yes. who was the real serial serial killer in Chicago around the time of the World's Fair, which was eighteen ninety six. By the way, well, not no, 1892. Right. So, so anyway, H. H. Holmes is like this. He's he's in prison at this time. He gets executed throughout the course of the yeah, book. Throughout. And John Moore's grandmother is crazy obsessed with this case. Mm-hmm. So he was a real serial killer in America at the same time period, which definitely you know freaked people out. But because he was a fucking horror show, mm-hmm. not in the Clockwork Orange sense. He fucking they created this house of like this. The House hotel. of Horrors, yeah. where like rooms where he could lock the door and gas you to death, and and, like and basically hallway mazes, super high temperature oven in the basement, so you could you know cook your body and get rid of it. Yeah, it's fucking craziness, and that and that was real. Anyway, another book we should do on a podcast. Devil in White City, yeah, mm-hmm, for sure. But anyway, that's a different podcast, so we won't won't talk too much about him. Ooh, this is interesting beer. <coughs> oh yeah, the beer that I'm holding that I haven't sipped yet. What what even? All right, what's there's some sort of fruit in here, right? I, I'm gonna guess passion fruit just from the name. Internationally styled wheat IPA, criminal fine. I think that's bad translation. (laughs) Criminal fine, yeah, yeah. You like criminal fine, yes. Doctor Van de Corin. Oh, some Danish bullshit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's some sort of fruit in here. Seven point five percent alcohol. Ingredients: water, barley malt, wheat, malt, hops. That's it. Fuck. There's some fucking damn fruity in here. You don't smell like a fruit in this? No, it definitely does. I mean, hops have that smell. I mean, the taste but... is just mostly IPA to me. Why this is a crime of passion, I don't know. But I, I was kind of hedging my bets and assuming there was passion fruit in it. But it's a like, brewer weege. So this must be Danish, right, or something? Dutch. I don't know what the fuck. Not Danish, Dutch. Belgian. Flemish. Fuck. I made that up. But, I mean, it's Belgian, so it might be Flemish. All oh, those, I couldn't tell you the difference. All those weird, like, you know, pseudo-French Dutch words. Goddamn Walloons. I don't know what that is, man. That's a subsection of Belgium. They almost fucking had a goddamn civil war ten years ago to break Less off and ten, yeah. form their own country. Years. Well, they haven't had a government in like a year or ten or twenty, have they? Well, they just count on the Eurozone to do it for them. Who knows? The Walloons are an ethnic minority, I think, in Belgium who kind of don't want to be part of Belgium. Who do they want to break free? Oh, God, how they want to break free. I can't think of any more lines. I, I don't know. The no, not anymore. So, <laughs> can you think of fucking something really aggravating throughout this whole book was how, well, for such a new science... How all-knowing Chrysler was. Yes. Like, every scene where they're... He invented sh- all of psychology. But every scene where they're spitballing ideas, and they're like, maybe this guy, like, got beaten up a lot. Maybe this guy is ugly. Maybe this guy is black. Maybe this guy hates people. Like, every time Chrysler's like, no, it couldn't be that. Couldn't, no. Obviously not this. No, because, no, that would never work. Like, he fucking knows everything. <clears throat> this is the part so Why where, does he need the other people around him? This is the part where he's a lot like Sherlock Holmes, where Sherlock Holmes just kind of knows shit and, and sort of just seems to understand on, on an intuitive level, you know, what, you know, how, what it is he needs to know. That, that's the thing. Oh, you mean the kind of point where it gets to be bullshit? Yeah, and just, exactly. And so like, oh, it's like, the yeah, author yeah. knows what he wants us to know, and the character is just going to tell us. why we're supposed to know it. Yeah, exactly. That was and, frustrating. You know, so he's a criminal, you know, profiler, as we would say today. And that, that's sort of like the point of the book. That's like where the mystery is, and that's the avenue they're using to solve the mystery. But it's 1896, so what did people actually know about psychology? They were really just all about Freud. And so what the, the sort of the, the main thing that they focus on is very Freudian because they are really looking for – they're looking to find the mother that must have fucked this guy up. So, which is only because of Sarah Howard's suggestion, though. It's true. Only a woman would have understood that it must have been the mother that right, did all these terrible, must have done terrible things to this person as a child, and and that's why this person is so fucked up. Um. Anyway, that's a very Freudian psychology type of type of avenue. Big time, it's a Freudian thing. <laughs> anyway, they sort of and they're able to actually deduce through the through the clues in a way that like seems reasonable enough. Throughout the book, that but it's, and they, not. it's reasonable to our guy. 2017 minds. Yeah, it's like well, yeah, this is. I mean, like to to us, I think a lot of the thing was like to us, a lot of this is it's common sense. Like yeah, her, his parents abused the shit out of him, therefore he turned out fucked up. But to them, it was like no, that would never happen. It's just because God hates him. He was weak. He was weak of will. 
Psychology is not a thing. 2018 wines, my man. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll get used to it. So unprogressive. Right around December. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's, it's very based on like like sort of a Freudian thing, which totally makes sense with the time period because that was sort of the major psychological theory of the time. However, Freud Freud was fucking full of shit and didn't know anything. And, uh, and Turned so to be wrong about most he things. He ended up being wrong about as as basically everything. Um, and so, well, the book kind of blames you know, family factors on causing this guy's, you know, the serial killer's, like, total, like, uh, insanity and making him into a serial killer. I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but from what I understand, that's really not the way it works. That, I mean, sure, a really shitty childhood and being abused by your parents and, and you know, having, you know, a really... They, uh, that, that can't they help were at able all. to get Definitely way too specific help. in this book. They were able to get super specific like, oh, in a way that... he was from this state, and he grew up in these decades and doing these things. Like, you know, no, he no. must have fought the Indians out west. Like, no, really, they, they could... There's no way they could be that specific. Right, because he anyway, said a red engine. He and, must and have done the, this. But the other point is that, I mean, really, for people who end up being, like, psychotic serial killers or, you know, psychopaths, it's not just that they had... A childhood, that, a really tough childhood, or that their mother was really cold, or anything like that. Is that is there's way more to it than that. There's, I mean, not that I'm a psychologist, but I have read the psychopath test by John Ronson, and really, there's way more going on that makes a person into a psychopath than simply than simply a bad childhood. And the book doesn't address that at all. It's really just well, you just had a shitty childhood. And that because father's an asshole, mom's an asshole. That that's what it was. That ruined the boy. Yeah, that ruined him, and that's why he's a crazy psycho killer. And that's just not the way it is. Well, it could have been growing up in the the hinterlands that made the killer a killer, which leads us to this beverage. Mm. No, there it is. Yes, there we go. Beverages. This is one I've had so many of over the over the years. I love this beer. I've never had it before. I think you brought this to my house once. I don't Fucking I drunk shit. I didn't. It's called Backwoods Bastard by Founders, our second Founders Brew of the episode. It's a, and this bottle's been sitting in my cellar for a little while. This is, at this point, this is now a year-round release, but it used to be an annual release. It came out every once in a while. It's an ale Asian oak bourbon barrels that is, uh, it's kind of faint here. Can't really read it too well. 11.2% alcohol. That's strong. That's fucking delicious. It's smoky. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't think I like it that much. No, it's, no. it's 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 not bad, but it's just kind of like, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on here. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's what found, Founders Barrel Age series does that. I, I, I drank for the cycle on it last year. It was a big, a big nerd, uh, beer nerd setting. <laughs> they put out, uh, was it five? No, six. They had six beers in their Barrel Age series, and they had a beer out every two months that was this new beer, Barrel Aged Crazy Beer. I drank every one. Some of them, I drank about 10 of them. <laughs> That's a lot. And I have saved one bottle for a future episode for us of a very special beer. Not this one. Mm-hmm. So you gentlemen will have at least two. Um, but this is the one that was like really popular and also I guess just like economically feasible that is now a year-round release in 2018. I think it's a great beer. Uh, I think the bourbon adds an interesting flavor. Like It's, like, it's, it's very flavorful. Like that's, a, that's an intense, crazy good beer. I think if... If I uh, if it was like my first beer, then I'd be like, "This is great." Probably true. Fifteen to twenty in, a little intense. <laughs> well, we record once a week, Jamie. So I'm not sure what the like, fuck you've been doing earlier like today. Three, three <laughs> beers right? in, very intense. Well, actually, do you, you record three episodes on your own before yeah. you came here? What podcast do you have? <laughs> it's called Cutting Drinking. We still have one more beer. Oh God. Um, you know what? Another thing that was fucking stupid, by the way, about the alienist and them finding the killer and all that shit. They're going through paper records to find the killer through the Bureau of Indian Affairs and shit like that. Yeah. And have you just... ever tried to do genealogy research going through public records? No. There are so many gaps where just like people are like, "Yeah, I'm not going to turn in that form." Yeah, fuck those people. Like entire areas where people are like, "Yeah, I'm like, we're not doing." Yeah, I didn't hand in that paperwork. Like, and you would think on the frontier it would be even worse. Right? And they're like 100% be worse. Like John John Moore spends an hour and a half in the Bureau of Indian Affairs or whatever and he finds exactly what they need. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be a book that people could like follow along with if, you know. I understand that. But like then don't also try to fucking tell me it's science. Don't try to give me this bullshit where you're like, "Ah, well, the principles it's, it's, of deduction." It's a disbelief. It's a significant 
suspicion and disbelief. Because one of the things I found really interesting when I was reading the Wikipedia page on this book, the famous people, the Kelly guy, whatever the fuck his name is, he doesn't have a death date. No one knows when he died. He, and get this, he died in government custody. He ended up in a, in a mental institution and just died in the 1920s. That's his death. Died 1920s. Like, that's a whole decade. That's the best they've got. And that was in government control. Like, this is a time when, like, paperwork, spelling of names, birth dates, death dates, super flexible. Like, all that shit is really loose. You know? You can just change your name like that. You just show up at a new town and say, hi, yeah. my name is... H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah. That wasn't that guy's name. He made that up. It's actually David Hasselhoff. <laughs> really weird. So, like, in this book, for them, they're just like, oh, and here it is. This guy never changed the spelling of his name. He always filled it out correctly, and he lived on the frontier, and then he moved over well, here. Well, in this, there in we this go. book, he did change his name once. From Jasper or whatever? Jeff. Jasper. 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 It was something like that, yeah. The younger son. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I forget what his fucking name was. It was Jasper or some shit Jasper. 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 We're going to have another beer. Fuck that shit. This is our last one of the evening. Episode, I should say. Don't look at it. Oh, it's his beer jizzing everywhere. He just took a beer dump on the table. All right, what is it? Mike, you brought this. It's just beer shitting everywhere. This is another Delirium beer. We had one a while ago. We had Delirium Nocturnum, I believe. Yeah. Delirium Tremens is by far the most famous one. Well, this is Delirium Noel. Can I see the bottle there, Matt? Okay. This is the Christmas one. And because, um, well, for two reasons. One, when we, were, when we texted each other, like we were getting ready for the next couple episodes and when we were beer shopping, I misunderstood what we were purchasing for. And uh, I thought didn't know. Uh, oh, I thought Nate had texted me like, "Oh, I got this beer for this episode." I was like, "All right, great." And then I realized he meant a different one. I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck it." And we had enough beers because we wanted to live. <laughs> so and then we were like, "You know what? This also works for the alienist because the guy was fucking crazy." So mm-hmm. delirium. There you go. Science. Yeah. And Noel because uh, religious holidays. All right, oh. the guy was obsessed with religious yeah, holidays. Okay. So they killed people on religious holidays. Go. Like a, not like obscure ones too. Yeah. Well, Noel's a big one. Well, that one, yeah. They kill people on like the B sides of holidays. Oh yeah, yeah. The day of Mary's first period and shit like that. So feast this... of Saint Andrew's Ascension. That's probably not a real thing, but I don't know. Feast of Saint Andrew's Ascension. I don't know. That's not, that sounds that sounds legit. It sounds, it does, it sounds yeah. like a real thing. Listen, I went to Catholic school. There's like a there's like a feast for everything. Usually, it's a feast on young boys. There are well, yes, <laughs> there are more saints than there are than there are days in the year. So they have to double up. You like pick which one. Usually, who you, you want to feast on a boy, for? So <clears throat> one saint for each cheek. So this is uh, Delirium Noel, which is their ten percent alcohol Christmas beer. There's like no detail on here at all about what this is like. Except that it has a pink elephant with a Santa Claus hat. I've never had this before. What do you guys think? I've only had the the foam. So Smells fast. Ooh, there's a lot of flavors in that. What what alcohol is this? Ten. Ten. Oh, okay, that explains something. That's the that's where the delirium comes from. Yeah. It yeah. I feel like there's a there's more you could say about the flavor, but it's it is it's. I mean, it's sweet. There's a there's a, a bitterness on the finish. It's sort of like a. I don't taste any bitterness. At the, at the, when you take it, when you swallow, there's like a little punch at the end of bitter. There's something to balance it out. It's. Uh, I could. It is. It's very spice heavy. It's like the, it's the other Christmas ones. It's you know it's where it's like this warming kind of thing got to it. Yep, that's fair. I, I agree with that. So, at the end of the day, what's your thoughts on the book? I okay. I thought it was a perfectly interesting murder mystery. It did kind of go on too long. Oh my god, so much so. It, but it was fine. There's, I haven't read any. I haven't read the second one. I'll read it. Had it been a full third shorter, it would have been better. There was a lot yeah, of filler. Fun. Yeah, a ton of. Filler. It, I mean, it was it was cool. I, I kind of like Doug as a history nerd, like all the stuff about old New York. That was fine. I mean, this is a dramatically different New York they're talking about. Yeah, eighteen ninety six. Very different. But there was cool. there was a lot of just like, why are we even talking about this? I, I know, like, every every, every detective novel has, like, its, like, chapters and sections about who they suspect is the wrong dude, and they, like, pursue them, and they're like, oh, he could not have done it. Next. 
Or the red herring, sorry. Yeah, and the, this, the this, book, this book doesn't really have that because they're not pursuing a particular person. They're pursuing the idea of a person. So instead they fill it with meaningless bullshit about old New York, which is it. okay, but also just like, okay, this is too long now. But they had, well, what about the whole fucking, like, conspiracy theory kind of shit happening where J.P. Morgan swoops in is, is, is <laughs> making kidnaps sure. kidnaps the main character. Yeah, and then the thugs are following around people and they kill Chrysler's fucking girlfriend and they beat the shit out of his boy. Mentally challenged girlfriend. She's just dead, yeah. I thought. No, she can't speak. Oh, she's got, yeah, yeah. She has like, some sort of fucking thing where she Brain can't. Brain damage of talking. She can only get a couple words together and said, and Chrysler was going to marry her. Smart move, speaking as the one married man here. <laughs> the the one wife who can only say like two or three words. You're like, oh, honey, that's okay. You go to bed now. <laughs> if you're listening, honey, Nate made that joke. <laughs> She's not. <laughs> She's not listening. She's not at all. But if I'm, on the, if I'm not on the next episode, you know what happened. <laughs> I mean, the, the conspiracy theory thing, that, that whole plot line was fucking dumb. That, like, the, the, like, the Catholic Church... And the Episcopalian Church working together to like, we don't want to stop the boy killing. We don't like this is going to hurt our bottom line. That was dumb. And then they hire goons, and the goons are like, we better go kill his girlfriend. And uh, what, Comstock? Who the fuck was that? Oh, the, the, oh, yeah, the Postmaster General or whatever. <laughs> it's like, what? Mm-hmm. It's, you know. Wait, he's the one that would fucking eat the camera. He's, he's the like, one that tries to intercept anybody trying to send condoms in the mail. Yeah, and pornography. And pornography. And, and he sends condoms in the mail. Back in 1890 fucking whatever, many people did. That's what people did. Like, that was the way to ship things. Because he was a douchebag. And he says in the book, his character says, um, like, oh, it's a perversion of the... Of, the First Amendment to allow this, like he, he which is, fits his M.O. historically. Yeah, he's, he's a terrible person. He was, he was a fucking Puritan asshole who thought, but he probably had some skeletons in his closet. But they, they, who, who was the guy that was, who shot at Chrysler and Moore when they were in upstate New York? Those are the goons. That was all the goons still, right? That was the goons. And they shot Chrysler in the arm and they killed the horse and they were like the worst assassins ever. And then he ever. kicked them off a train. <laughs> oh yeah, he beat him with an old lady's walking stick. Yeah. yeah. Kicking off a train going 12 miles an hour. Uh-oh. It's like, oh, the train's going too far to catch us now. Yeah, it was It was kind of, I mean, the technology stuff. Like, the, uh, the uh, like, nerdy historical scenes blended too seamlessly into the action scenes. So it was like, oh, suddenly they're being shot at. I feel like I missed something, but no, it just happened. Or they're like, suddenly someone was murdered. Or when they killed his lady friend or it's like oh suddenly she's dead so that was random it was then. very abrupt it was like oh jesus they just killed off a kind of a major character unbeknownst to us sarah was tearful i said hey draw your lady eyes us men have to think <laughs> it was, i mean it's kind of what it was it was basically what it was <laughs> and then there was also the one black character in the book oh man cyrus cyrus who is the like the big strong black dude <laughs> Yeah, he's the, um, not Paul Bunyan. Uh, John Henry. John Henry, thank you. Yeah. He's the John Henry of, of crime solving. And he says like four words throughout the book. Like, yes, sir. No, sir. I got hit in the head, sir. Like, that's all he says throughout the entire book. He's just beating the shit out of goons and stuff. It was a little crazy. I guess it was, like try, it was trying to be accurate. And, it, you know, in some ways it probably was. And maybe to us it seems like over the top, but to a certain extent, maybe it's maybe it's accurate and it seems so far-fetched to us because we're so far past that. That's nice to think. I mean, I'd like to think. I'm sure 1896 is like, I mean, that's a time I can't even imagine. And that's like before my fucking, like, great-grandfather was alive. Like, that's a long-ass time ago. That's a long fuck. That's, just think of how the world has changed since 1896. You can't, you can't That was when Prussia was a thing. Prussia was not a thing in 1886. No one knows when Prussia happened, Mike. It stopped in 1871. No one knows when Prussia existed. Franco-Prussian War, 1871. No one knows what Prussia was. It was a country. No one knows. Uh, Nate and I know. No, no one knows. It was that it had a big... You guys the Franco-Prussian War? You guys the meeting in Versailles? They signed the treaty? They had a parade? by Germany into one country. Only people who know what Prussia is. Us and the people of Prussia, you fucking... There aren't any people of Prussia. Well, Germans... Mm-hmm. And they still wouldn't know. It's what like Prussia a quarter was. of modern day Germany. They they don't know what Prussia was. They do they? One hundred percent don't know. They never heard of it. They do. That's the war they do remember. The ones they chose not to forget. <laughs> it's the one they didn't lose, and they didn't mass murder. They weren't all on vacation during that war. Oh, that one I didn't hear about that. <laughs> that was oh yeah, that war was wonderful. 
I was, I was, yeah. <laughs> so Prussia was a country, and The Alienist was a book that is fun at the end of the day, but it's basically it's a, detective a detective story. If you're into, like, New York and history, it's fun. It's kind of stupid, but it's, it's. I think, any historical... It's a popcorn book. That's fair. That's a fair point. Mm-hmm. It, it does not strive to be high art. I mean, maybe it does, and I just misread it entirely, but... I don't think so. I think it was, like any detective story, murder mystery, It's it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Any, um, the, it, as, a, as a person, of, a nerd of history, you'll find the details interesting. If you're not into that, and you're into, if you're into detective stuff, you'll like it. If you don't like either of those things, well, then don't you're shit out of luck. If you don't, if you don't like either of those things, there's no reason to ever read this book. Sure. There are no aliens. There were Zero no aliens. Aliens. You've been misled. We are going to have to call it there. What are we going to read next week? Well, okay. Well, first, yeah, tell yeah. us what you thought. Uh, send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc, as in book club. Or visit our website at drunkguysbookclub.com. All right, there we go. So join us next week when we read Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, dear fucking God. Oh, our Valentine's Day episode. Less bondage than boy though. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.